Welcome to episode three. I'm Callie. I'm Fitz. And this is weird. It's the third one. This is, yeah, this is our third one. So I wouldn't say we're getting great at this. We will, but we're definitely enjoying putting these together. You know what the best part about podcast is though? What's that? Not having to put makeup on because, oh my God, I don't have to do anything. Or wear pants. Yeah, that too. I don't like pants. (laughs) I'm just joking, guys. I'm wearing pants. Or is he? He is. This is a PG show. <laughs> we are not trying to get X-rated. No, no. All right. Could we... it be X-rated since we can't be seen? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. okay. Um. Just ignore us. Um. But should we get into the movie? Let's jump in. What do we got today? Today we're going to be doing Lucky Dog from 1998. AKA Dog possessions oh my god okay so it starts off with showing like these articles about this guy that can talk to his dog and like he can talk to other animals and so his name's jack he ends up starting a business where he does pet therapy what you find out is when he was about 14 years old his ability to talk to dogs and talk to animals stopped Yes, because his dog passed away, and so he just stopped talking to all animals. He had no reason. But he kept this going as this, like, gimmick, uh, as a sham of a business. Yeah. Uh, He kept it going. As in, like, he would just fall asleep and have the dog doing whatever. And, like, he gets yelled at because the dog keeps eating leftovers, and he's just napping at the desk. But one day... A guy comes and his name is Mr. Clyde Windsor. And he has this one dog. And he's like, Lucky's not doing great. Have a talk with him. And Jack first sits down with him and he's like, I can take a nap again. But then something happens where he can kind of hear the dog and he's like, I got to get out. And he starts just freaking out about this. Yeah. And so he pretty much kicks them out and says like, leave. Please leave. We don't, we don't take your business here. And Mr. Windsor is impressed. His driver, Calvin Bridges, does not care. Not impressed at all. Yeah. So it goes two weeks later. Jack's business failed. He has no business. Everything was taken from him. I think the bank took it. It's a little hairy there. And Calvin shows up and says, hey, you have to meet with the lawyer. And he's like, what did I do? And this was like two weeks later. So this was a couple weeks after their initial visit. And so he ends up meeting with Allison Taylor, the lawyer. And the lawyer's like, hey, you're in the will, technically. And he's like, oh, what? I don't even know this guy. And so he goes to this hearing, which is him, Lucky the dog, and the three heirs, which is Margaret, Lyle, and Reuben. Now, these three people are what you typically think of and see in movies of family members kind of sitting around of an uncle just waiting to see what they got okay but mr windsor is not about that where he pretty much gives them joke things so they can't really do much like i think it was margaret where he gave her a mirror because he said that she was vain Yes. So to help with that, he gave her a mirror. And then one of them, he left absolutely nothing. And that was the one that just wanted money. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not even going to give you a dollar. And then one of them, the other guy, he's an idiot. And he was happy with his gag gift that uh, Mr. Windsor had left him. I think it was like a pencil. I think he was. I think it was like a pencil. So he could learn. 
So he can learn. Yeah. Yeah. And so you find out Mr. Windsor leaves $64 million to his dog, Lucky. Right. And since he believes Jack can talk to his dog, he names Jack as the trustee. Yes. And Jack's like, what? This is, he doesn't want to at first, but then they're like, you'll live in his mansion. Yeah. And he's like, what? what? I'm homeless, so like this is actually a good deal for me, but I'm not going to say that. So the first day he goes into the house and he goes taking this over, he's doing the typical, I just got a buttload of money, thanks. He's running around the house. He's got all this stuff around this bathtub and just living it up. And the maid also thinks he's insane. Kelvin yes. thinks he's just using it for the money. And so then it starts in where, you know, he can actually talk to Lucky. But when Lucky gets super excited, it just like takes him over. And he, Jack knows nothing about what's going on at the time. And then he'll wake up like the next morning. All this stuff has happened. So he goes on this this kick where he, he's trying to do everything he can to keep Lucky calm. Yeah. And during the time, you also find out that the hairs, they could contest the will. But only if they can prove Jack is insane. Which is not hard when you see Homeboy digging in the backyard with the dog with yes. his hands. And he's also barking at the maid. And so they also go to the mall because Lucky wants to go get toys. So and they go on this massive shopping spree where they take, it was one room, right? One yeah. giant room in the house. So they take one giant room in the house and they almost make it like this pet store. Yes. And it has all the dog treats and like these bins and has the toys everywhere. And they ripped up this amazing, nice marble floor and they put down indoor-outdoor carpet that looks like grass. Yeah. And then at one point you see a flashback where Lucky actually was there when Mr. Windsor died. Yes. It was the middle of the night. Lucky really wanted to go for a walk. So he goes up to a woman. He's like, walk. Walk now. And Mr. Windsor's like, you got me. I'll take you for a walk. And you see this flashback a few different times. So in the beginning, it's just like you just described. Yeah, but the other one is later on. And the other one's later on. And we'll get to that one. And in between there, these these three spoiled, manipulative family members are running around almost like the two guys off of Home Alone trying to break in, trying to do all this stuff to be able to prove, also to be able to get their fortune back. And they meet this really sleazy lawyer that tells them at first, what was it, like 50%? No, at first, first it, it was, was like... 10. 25%. It, it was like 10%. It was yeah. really low. Right. They just didn't want to give any money. Right. And so they try to do this all on their own, and they end up just failing miserably. Well, because they try to break in and, like, train gun the dog. Yes. And it's like, no. And so once they finally go back to the lawyer, the lawyer's like, 50%. And they're like, well, we have no choice now. And it just segues into a court case. Yes. Because it's not hard to prove the guy's insane when the maid's terrified of him. Yes. And it's all kind of going south. Allison's trying to defend him. And at one point, he's like, I got to tell the truth. And Elson's like, I guess. Yeah. That's one approach. So in this court case, they they call 
uh, he's able to call Lucky up and yes. talk with Lucky, and it's going somewhat rocky there for the first start of it. Then it really kicks in, and the judge, you can see that the judge is intrigued with this. And then the, the next flashback with Lucky pops up, and Jack can actually see this. So mm-hmm. he can experience this flashback. And this flashback, which I will come to my complaints after... Um, he sees that the nephew Lyle put poison into Mr. Windsor's drink, which it, the bottle said poison. It doesn't say what he did. It just just says says poison. poison. I get it's for kids, but like, come on, at least make it so that there's some little, like, I know what that is. So not only can, you know, Lucky talk to Jack, but I guess he can read now. Oh, no, he can't read because he didn't realize it was poison. He didn't realize it was poison, yeah. Jack was just like, that's poison. (laughs) And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. It says poison on it. It's not that hard to figure out. And so they figure out, they take Lucky's word because... And then Lyle freaks out and and put... Did he pull out a gun or grab a gun? I think he pulled... Pulled out a gun, yeah. So he pulled out a gun... And then the security, the police officers and stuff were able to subdue him. And of course, in this whole thing, when he has a gun, he admits to it. He says it was him. Classic Disney. Classic Disney. And he admits to this and they, they capture him. And like, it's a very much a legally blonde moment of the, just sitting on the court case being like, of course I did it. Why wouldn't I have done it? And you're like, buddy, you were this close. This close to not getting caught. So we got to go back a little bit to describe, to say more about the very end of the movie. So earlier in the movie, Lucky had walked past this pet store. And he seen these puppies in there and all. And Jack had told him, no, we don't need any more. So at the end of the movie, they ended up going back to the pet store and adopting all of the the, uh, dogs that are at the pet store. Actually, him and Jack don't do that. Allison, the lawyer, does. That's right. With her kid. But they kind of try to build a relationship between them. But honestly, it kind of feels like it's a little too quick and forced. Yes. But at the end, they live happy together. Lucky's got a girlfriend now. Yes. And like most all Disney movies, happy ever after. Yeah. My opinion of this movie was like, rating-wise, three out of five brain cells. If you're new... We rate this on a, if it's one brain cell, it means one brain cell was going, the rest fell asleep. Five brain cells means that all were, all were active and enjoying it. Yeah, there was times in it. I think the, one of the reasons they got a three, there was, for me, there was some lulls in it. Yeah. And, you know, some of the plot and stuff, we know it's a kids movie. If you're first time listening to this, this is a walk down memory lane for us and we're hoping it is for, for y'all as well. But it, it just had so many lulls and the plot wasn't as good as we once remembered it. Um, but overall, it was pretty good show. It wasn't a difficult watch. Um, we probably got some of those coming up. Yes. Um, but it's definitely, we recommend, you know, take a look at it. If you haven't seen it in years, watch it again and uh, see what you think now. Yeah, I just, it's very nostalgic to watch because I remember being up at like two in the morning to watch it. But 
Looking back, it's enjoyable, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect. There's a lot of things that I'm like, I wish it was faster paced. I wish they'd expand on parts. And uh, there was quite a few things that just didn't make sense. Why would you have a bottle that says poison? I mean, and there's other little stuff throughout the movie. You got to watch it to pick up on all this. Um, but there's other little things that it's like, man, it just doesn't fit, you know? Yeah, it kind of just, it felt like your generic dog movie. Yeah. Like, all- yeah. Every movie has that, the dog's going crazy, oh, the dog's getting proven to be almost human, so they're taking the testify, but, and there's like, there's a lot of things that I just couldn't... You know, there's several movies that Disney has put out like that. It almost seems like they took the same plot line or a similar plot line, and then they just expanded on it, or they just reshaped it with new people. Are you talking about the Avengers of Babysitting, where yes. they have the original? There's the original, and then there's the Disney horror show. Yes, yeah, yeah. The actors in that are great. It's just I am very biased. Maybe we'll eventually do that movie because I love it. And yes, we'll get to that one. All right. So the next step. Fun, fun f- facts. <laughs> fun facts. All right. So. It actually took 27 days to film, but was actually halted for two hours due to a union strike. Really? 27 days. So was it the dogs that striked? Oh my gosh. No, but I think it was like probably just a strike for like the people on set. But apparently it was very, it ended very quickly. Um, Knee pads were used when Jack ran around like a dog, which makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, The budget of this movie was $4 million. Wow. I think most of that went to the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And dog treats. And dog treats. And dog treats. Um, And And probably a pooper scooper. The final one was that Jack... um, also played by Kirk Cameron, and Chelsea, who plays Allison, are actually married in real life, and they were married prior to this movie. Oh, wow. So they were married while the movie, they were filming the movie. Yes. So that's and that's They are neat. still married to this day, according to the internet. According to the internet. And now for your favorite part. Where are they now? I know. You love this part. You don't know any of these, too. Well, I know a couple of them just because there's actually a couple of... Uh, uh, pretty famous people that were actually in this movie that have gone on to do from this movie have gone on to do other things. So the first one we're going to be talking about is Kurt Cameron, who played Jack Morgan. So he went on to act at one point. He did guest star on Full House, a show that stars his sister, Candace Cameron Burr. His last acting credit is from 2002 as Jimmy Colton in Life Mark, which I don't know what that is, but I think it's just a movie. As for his personal life, he co-founded the evangelical ministry called the Watch. I think it was like the Watch of the Master with Ray Comfort. Mm-hmm. And then he co-founded fi- the Firefly Foundation with his chi- his wife Chelsea. The foundation raises funds to support research and development programs with a mission to prolong brain health. And he was in some other movies too, like um, he did the Left Behind series. Mm-hmm. He did all those, and then he did one as a firefighter. Um, this Christian-based movie. But I think most of his acting afterwards was mostly all Christian-based movies and shows. So on to his wife, Chelsea Noble, who played Allison Taylor. Chelsea would go on to act here and there. She really didn't act consistently, 
Many of her credits are actually uncredited because she was a stand-in kisser because Kirk Cameron refused to kiss anyone but his wife on set, which... Okay. Everyone has... I. It is interesting to see he did have a pull to do that because a lot of actors who have those beliefs don't get to do that. So it is really interesting. Um, Her last credit is from 2012 as Maddie Miller in Mercy Rule. Her personal life parallels Kirk, so I'm not going to repeat that one. They do a lot of the same things together. So the next one is John D. Lacey, who plays Lyle Windsor. John continued to act and get into other parts of the industry, such as stage, directing, and music. His most recent credit, what he is most known for and is his recent credit, is in 2022 as Q in the TV show Star Trek Picard. Okay. As for his personal life, he is an experienced sailor spending a lot of time on the Pacific Ocean. He's also a large activist for atheism and humanitism. Wow. Okay. Which is really funny when you have someone who is too... Two polar opposites. Yeah, there were definitely two polar opposites in the movie. Uh, next one, Christine Healy, who played Margaret Windsor. Christine continued acting until like 2012, where she played Judge Anne May Harmon on The Whole Truth. Little is known about her personal life. That's really all I got. She was very much, here's her acting stuff. You don't need to know the rest. I think at most I found was that she had a kid. Right. But that was it. The next one, Taylor Negron who played Reuben Windsor. Taylor went on to act, write, and do a comedy. Uh, His last credit is from 2015 as Griffin on Alienated. Unfortunately, in 2008, he was diagnosed with liver cancer. Oh, goodness. And on January 10th, 2015, he died in his home in L.A., surrounded by his family at the age of 57. That's young. And that's really unfortunate. The last one we'll talk about is James Avery, who plays Calvin Bridges. During his career, James was best known for his role in the in 1990 as Philip Banks on The French Prince of Bel-Air. Uncle Phil. As And he would go on and continue to act. However, he would pass away December 31st, 2013 after complications following a heart surgery. He was honored during the reunion of The Fren- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in 2020. Wow. Yeah, a couple of really big names here. You know, Kurt Cameron and James Avery. I think all of us have seen him in something else. You know, Kirk Cameron was also a child actor. Yes. So, but we definitely seen both of them in a lot. And, you know, if you don't know Uncle Phil, where have you been? (laughs) Come on. This is the nostalgia show. Yes. Uncle Phil. Yeah, and soon, hopefully, we can have requests. I'm trying to find an email. Best, I think I have an email on there. If there's an email in there, feel free to... Just give us some requests on what movies you feel are nostalgic that you want us to cover. Like, they can be anything, too. Like, I know eventually we're going to do Troll 2. Yes. You know, there's a we have a big list of movies that we kind of want to get into. But in between our line of movies that we want to do, we'd love to fit in kind of what y'all want to see and what y'all want us to break down and see what we think about. And so occasionally there's going to be movies that I wanted to watch. Yes. That Fitzy did not want to watch. We got a couple of those coming up. I I will push through these movies. Yeah. Um, we watched one already and it was a struggle. It was a struggle for me. Yes. This thing gets very little brain cells from me. <laughs> now, she, Callie gives it more. 
uh, than I do, but I'll I'll explain my rating when when we get to it. You'll just have to wait. Stay tuned. Uh, watch out for our podcast. Stay tuned to to see which movie just flat out bombed for me. But thank you for listening. I'm Callie. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Fitz. And we will, well, you'll hear us in the next episode. <laughs>